Good morning and welcome to our God's Word for today devotional. And we are now moving to the next chapter, Romans chapter 9, verse 5. And in this particular chapter, there is a shift. Now, we know in the past chapter, Romans chapter 8, believers are secured in God's love. That won't change. It will never be changed and it will not wane. And after expressing the believer's privileges in Romans chapter 8, Paul has shifted his focus here to the nation of Israel, his own people. Now, let us take note that some Jewish people, which were the audience of Paul, had come to faith in Christ, but the vast majority had rejected Jesus as the Messiah. And this is the particular reason why Paul expresses great sorrow and anguish. That's what we can see here in verse 1 to 5, Romans 9, verse 1 to 5 about his great sorrow and unceasing anguish in his heart because of the rejection of the Jews to accept the Messiah. Now, how sorrowful he was. How did he describe it? How he, did he show it? He made a bold statement here, particularly in verse 2 and 3, that he could wish that he would be accursed. He wishes that he himself could be accursed and cut off from, the, from Christ for the sake of his Jewish brothers by birth. It seems to us that he seems to be saying that he would wish for such a thing that he would be cut off. He feels so strongly that he would trade his own eternal place in God's family through faith in Christ to have his eternal his Israelite kinsmen believe in Jesus. Now, it seems that Paul was contradicting himself here. How could he wish to be eternally accursed when he is already a Christian or is he already a believer? Paul does not appear to be actually asking God to make this happen because it is not permissible. After all, only Jesus was accursed for our salvation. As one who is in Christ, like Paul who believes in Jesus, absolutely nothing could separate him from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He said that in Romans 8, 39. So Paul is saying in, in absolute sense, or not in absolute sense, but it is a, a hypothetical case wherein he expressed really his anguish here. It is a figure of speech. Because those who are truly saved through faith in Christ are saved eternally and forever. Nothing can separate us. No one can snatch us out from the Father's hand. Now, let us take note of the great privileges that the Israelites have. The Israelites were a very special people. Why? According to verse 4 and 5, let me read this from the NIV, that they, they were adopted to sonship. This is the divine glory the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Those are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. Israel was really a privileged nation or race because Israel was adopted by God in a national sense. God described Israel as the firstborn son in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. God had favored Israel by revealing his glory to them, especially during the time of Moses. 
he delivered them out of Egypt and he gave them the law. We can read that story in Exodus chapter 16. And moreover, God's covenanted with our father Abraham in Genesis 15 to 18. And David also. God gave many great promises to the nation's patriarchs, particularly to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the other descendants of Abraham. And eventually, I think the best demonstration of God's privilege that he gave to this nation is the Lord Jesus Christ. It is on their line that Christ himself came. Christ was an Israelite, the promised Messiah. Despite of all this, they did not believe Christ. We can describe them that they are very near to receive the blessing of God's salvation, yet they miss it. They are at the doorstep, yet they had missed to enter in, into the door. As somebody says, a miss by an ends is the same miss by a mile. This made Paul's heart very broken. Perhaps Paul was so sad and was broken because as chosen by God nationally, as had been given by God, but the privileges that he did not give to any other nation. It was an insult for, for, to God that they rejected God. Now, what does this mean to us today? I think we can ask this question in our hearts this morning. What breaks our heart? What gives us anguish? Because I believe that the very thing that breaks our heart manifests our values. It demonstrates our values, what we treasure in life. Remember, Paul has many altercations with the Jews. After he became a Christian, he was hunted by these Pharisees and religious leaders. They were Jewish leaders who tried to kill him. Yet, he was deeply burdened for their salvation. In other words, all the hatred and the plan of the plans of the, the Jews to kill him, he did not take it personally. He understood it because he was once a Pharisee who persecuted the Christians as well. They were a people who were blinded by their unbelief. Remember, Paul was blinded also. He was very jealous to his religion. He was a blinded persecutor to believers. He was the one in, instrumental to kill the first martyr, Stephen. But he did it because he, did, he was not a believer as yet. He was really against the Christians. Now, when he became a Christian, he became an avid follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was even willing to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that in Philippians chapter 1, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He was, he was willing to suffer for the name of Christ. When in fact in Acts 20 verse 24, this is what he expressed. He did not count his life dear unto himself, but that he will be able to finish his course, that he will be able to preach the gospel and many souls will be brought to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was really passionate for the souls of his own people. How about you? How about us this morning? 
I hope, I hope and I pray that we we won't stop doing good in order that we can share the gospel, build bridges and platforms, build relationships so that many will be able to hear the gospel, especially our loved ones. Yes, uh, we are burdened by the souls of men, friends, colleagues, and our acquaintances, but how much more to the members of our family? Although the Bible tells us that a prophet is not honored in his own country, sometimes members of our clan or family, they are not that sympathetic to our faith because they are too unfamiliar with us. But I believe that the Lord wants us to just witness to them because salvation belongs to God. So we just need to be uh, the right testimony as his children towards our, our brethren, our clan, our relatives. I pray that they too will be able to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that God will open their eyes, that they will be able to see their need of Jesus and that they will repent of their sins and believe Jesus. I pray that we will have that passion or compassion, the same like that of Paul that we really can say how I'm broken, how how broken are we that we know that our people are not yet believers. Yes, we should be broken, but not hopeless. Salvation belongs to God. And let's continue to commit to share the gospel to them, whether by our deeds or by our lips. Sometime, someday we believe that salvation will come to our household. God will honor us if we honor him. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Lord, help us to have this compassion like Paul. Help us to love souls the way he loved him. I pray, dear Father, that you will continue to cultivate this love in our hearts, Lord. Unless we have this love, we won't be motivated, Lord, to share the gospel despite of hardships. Father, we thank you that salvation belongs to you. Your gospel is still powerful unto salvation to those who believe. Lord, may you will just use us as instruments of the gospel message to those who need the salvation. Open their eyes, Lord, that they will be able to see Jesus and believe Jesus as their Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.